Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about how to get unstuck in midlife. Today, we're talking specifically about when you have that feeling that something's off, but you don't have the whole picture. It's kind of twofold. You feel stagnant about the here and now, but you also don't have a clear idea of what you want instead. You are stuck in your mind muck, my friend. And by the way, you don't even have to be in midlife to feel this way. Many of my clients describe the same sort of thing in their 40s and 60s, but for sure it is super common in your 50s. Now the good news is you're not alone. The amazing news is that I can help you with some simple but serious strategies. All right, let's do this. Let's dive into the muck. Are you with me? It is time to have more fun in midlife. And it starts with a little bit of muck busting. So you know it and so do I. If you're feeling stuck and you are tired of watching that whoosh of your life go whizzing by, you probably feel like you can't take it anymore. And you know, like I did, that there was just more out there for you. The thing is, though, that you just can't figure out how to get there. And it is so frustrating. You might have a glimmer or a glimpse of what you want, but nothing super clear. And the weird thing is that you've probably never been stuck quite like this before. When it happened to me, it was a long stretch, a long stretch of about five years between the ages of 45 and 50. So that is approximately 260 weeks of my life. Can you believe it? Or about 1800 days of feeling stuck like that. In the past, I might have been stuck or confused, but I would have been able to move myself out of it more quickly. The midlife stuck business can be draining because it can go on and on, my friend, like that song that doesn't end. (laughs) But here's the deal. Dreams are key to getting unstuck and being happier in midlife. Um, Adopting a future focus is really critical. And dreams about what you want are just that. They're a desire a desire that's focused on the future. They can totally seem out of reach at first. And I I really get that. They seem far away. They, They seem like it's something that's for somebody else and not for you. But the thing is that those sentiments are just thoughts, even though they feel so real. And thoughts can be changed. The course of your life can be changed. Your next chapter can be more intentional and filled with dreams. (laughs) I know dreaming like it sounds so woo-woo, but it's really just thinking about the future in a very intentional way. So the thing is that you're just out of practice and you need to start thinking this way. You need to learn how to think this way again. And the way you think about being stuck right now can totally affect your ability to unstick yourself. So. When you're rationally thinking about all of this, you can see that it doesn't make sense. Of course, you're in control. Of course, you're in control. And 
That is because it's because of your thinking. It's all based on your thinking. The old thoughts are keeping you stuck and new thoughts can be used to unstick yourself. So let me give you some examples of some new thoughts that would be way more useful, (laughs) way more useful than whatever it is that you're currently thinking that is creating this reality for you. This reality of feeling so stuck, like you don't have a choice, like you're just waiting for this lightning bolt of inspiration or something to blow you right out of this stuckness. So some ideas for these thoughts are things like, I'm learning how to get unstuck. That's very different than I'm so stuck and have no clue. Another one would be, I want dreams to be part of my life. Or this one, I don't want fear to get in the way of what I really want, rather than just accepting that you're afraid or just stating it. Here's another one. I want to be the kind of person who knows what she wants. Thinking about what I really, really want is fun. I love that one. And how about this one? I deserve to have fun again, even in my 50s or older, right? Even in my 50s and beyond, I deserve to have fun again. Now, if you're stuck, you're most likely not thinking thoughts like these, right? I doubt you are. But don't worry if you're stuck. Don't stress if you've forgotten how to dream. Perhaps you're just a bit rusty. Maybe you don't remember dreaming since high school or college graduation, which was decades ago, when you were young and the world was your oyster. But think about this. What if the world was still your oyster? Whatever that means. What if this was only the beginning? So relax, my friend. Just relax. I would like to suggest that it's kind of like riding a bike. And who knows, you might even enjoy the ride. Think about that. And now I'm going to let you in on a little something. I've got the secret, and I'm going to tell you all about it. There are nine secrets, actually, nine secrets that I've been working on for how to actually get unstuck. Unstuck in midlife, in your 50s and beyond. So buckle up. Here we go. Now I'm going to go in reverse, kind of like David Letterman style. But honestly, the order here, it really doesn't matter. Number nine. Tune into your thinking. What this means is to catch yourself in the act of thinking about what you tell yourself you can't do. What's your personal recipe for how you close your ideas down? Think about that. Ask yourself why you tell yourself that you can't do or have certain things in your life. Do you hear yourself thinking things like, I'll never be able to do what I really wanted to do? Or, it's too late, I missed my chance or even this one, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. Think of yourself outside of yourself. Now, I know that sounds weird, but what I mean is think of yourself as a watcher of your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. You're separate from your thoughts. Kind of like a thought bubble. (laughs) Think of it that way. Think of your thoughts as floating around you so you can watch them. You can look for them. You can be curious about them. And you can consider that you don't need to be at the effect of them. A great way to catch yourself in the act of thinking is to start writing this stuff down. Here are some tips. Dedicate a notebook to journaling what's going on in your mind as you're working on thinking about your future. These thoughts are optional and aren't serving you. Becoming more aware of your thinking is really empowering and it gives you the control 
you're looking for. So get a journal and make a point of, of capturing what's going on in your mind. Really write it down. Really do this. It's gold. Okay, number eight. Notice your feelings when you think about what's possible. Now, if you're a regular listener of the Women in the Middle podcast, you know what I teach about where your feelings come from. Your thoughts create your feelings. So the better you get at noticing what you're thinking, the more you will see the emotions that you're creating for yourself. Some of your feelings will be useful and some of them will not be useful. And this is really great news, though, because you can train yourself to notice the connection of how your thoughts make you feel. The thoughts that make you feel funky, right, or off, will be the ones that you want to supervise more. Now, the skill you want to develop is to supervise your mind so that you think thoughts on purpose that create the feelings you want. That is, the feelings that will help you move forward and bust out of your midlife funk. Funks keep you stuck. That's a tongue twister. (laughs) I'll say it again. Funks keep you stuck. So if you want to feel more motivated, you got to ask yourself what you would have to think to feel motivated. If you want to feel more excited about what's possible, you got to work on a thought to help yourself experience that feeling. Yes, it sounds planned because it is. You can't trust your brain. Does it sound weird to you? It totally sounded weird to me when I was first learning about all this. So you just can't trust your mind to think these thoughts when it's out of practice. But you, my friend, can absolutely think thoughts that are in line with how you want to feel to lean into your future instead of leaning back out because of fear, confusion, or overwhelm. Here's a tip. Make a list of three feelings you want to feel on purpose and come up with ways to think that create those feelings for you. Remind yourself to think the thoughts by putting reminders in your phone or on sticky notes in your calendar or programming your phone to buzz or think of putting notes in funny places, like wherever you can remind yourself. And these little strategies, even though they sound goofy, they work like a charm. Okay, number seven, notice your excuses. Once you get better at hearing what's going on in your head, you will also get better and better at watching your thoughts and also much better at listening to or noticing your excuses. You'll most likely have many of them. That is totally normal. And that's why you're stuck. You're probably focusing on what you can't do instead of what you can do. You're telling yourself all kinds of reasons that you can't do what you want and you're believing it, right? You are believing what you're thinking. This is so common. Perhaps you're telling yourself that you're too busy. Perhaps you're telling yourself that you're too old. The thing is that excuses are just thoughts and thoughts are sentences in your mind. They're not reality. Busy people find time to do things they prioritize. Older people find time to try new things. Take note, instead of being hard on yourself, though, try by being amused by your fascinating self. When you think about it, it is pretty curious behavior to talk yourself out of what you actually want. So dig in here instead of just ignore or be at the effect of the stuff that's popping into your brain. Here's a tip. Be on the lookout for at least five common excuses that you regularly have that keep you stuck. Write them down in that notebook or journal we talked about. Notice how you feel 
when you think about each one of these excuses, which are really just thoughts, like we said, which are optional sentences in your mind. Then create five new thoughts for what you can do instead. For example, if you always think I'm too busy to learn to paint or whatever it is that you're too busy to do, (laughs) recognize this as an excuse and ask yourself, what could you think instead that would allow you to dream about figuring out how to learn to paint and write down that new thought? So perhaps I'm curious about how I could learn to paint in my town, or I wonder what classes they offer something like that. And then notice how that new thought makes you feel. If it's a useful feeling, that is, if it motivates you to take action, then practice thinking it. So you can see that that's a very different way. First, you catch that excuse, and then you question that excuse. Really, really good stuff. Okay, number six, appreciate how you're unique. Now, I know this might sound a bit woo-woo to you, but really, just like snowflakes, there are no two people that are the same. So think about what makes you unique. Ask yourself, what are the things about your personality that you think are special to you? In midlife, it's super common to be on autopilot and never think about this stuff. You just do what you've been doing for years without much reflection at all. For many of us, it's just like a chaotic blur for two decades or so. (laughs) So here's what I mean about reflecting on this sort of thing. So for me personally, I would write down things like this. I'm short. I love whale watching. I'm artistic. I love photography. I experienced a trauma in my childhood. I came from a large family. I have three sons. I'm a dual citizen. I love bird watching. So you see what I mean? You can get more specific. The thing is that this specific combination, even just what I wrote down here in a few sentences, it's completely unique to me, only me. These things have shaped my personality and my life. They, um, they're completely mine. These experiences have created who I am today. You are also uniquely you and your lens on the world is also unique to you. So even when I think about my four sisters, We're completely different, and this little exercise would show completely different results for the five of us, for each of us. That's the thing. You are uniquely you, and the way you look at the world is a result of this. So it's important to get a sense of what this is for you. So here's what you can do. Create a few pages in your journal to write about what makes you unique. Think about your passions, your affinities, your likes, your dislikes, your sense of humor, experiences, education, skills, background, travels, careers, values, training, family life, etc. You will likely see themes. This reflection will help you move forward because you'll have a better sense of your amazing self and what you're always attracted to and good at perhaps even what you want more of in your life. Okay, number five, look what has always brought you joy. I am so serious about this one. Allow yourself to take a step back and look at your life overall. Go way back. Think of your life as chapters in a book and start making some observations and notes about the things that have always attracted your attention. 
always made you happy, always took up your time. Whatever brought you joy in the past is highly likely to bring you joy again in the future and will be key to your future defunkification, right? Getting rid of that midlife funk and unsticking yourself. I strongly believe that what has brought you joy in the past is highly likely to continue to bring you joy. The problem is that with the last few decades being so crazy, with competing priorities with your priority often coming last, joy is something that often gets missed completely. You just don't think about it that way. It's much easier to think about the past and not think about the good times. It's much easier to have your past punctuated with what's been difficult. So this is a flipping it around a bit. So here's my suggestion. In your journal, write down one thing that brought you joy in each of your life's main chapters. Now you can define those chapters however you want, whatever was relevant for you. You might just use a chronological example. So chapter one would be childhood. Chapter two would be junior high. Chapter three might be high school. Chapter four might be university. Chapter five, your 20s. Chapter six, your 30s. Chapter seven, your career. Whatever makes sense to you. Maybe you had a big move when you were a kid, so that might be a chapter. Um, You can divide it up however you want. But the thing is that I want you to make very brief notes in each chapter, just looking for joy. So if something big and horrible happened, that's what we would normally write down. Don't do that. Just look for something that made you happy. Really happy. And then look for patterns and similarities, trends, common threads. And this will help you begin to see some overarching themes in your life when it comes to what has made you happy. So ask yourself, what have I always loved? What have I always found time to do? What have I always been good at? What do I see on this list? Any patterns, intersections? trends. And ask yourself too, what clues are there? And what could you add into your life again now for more joy? So if you used to love making mud pies when you were eight, really think about that. Why did you love it so much? What stands out for you? Who were you with? What did you make it mean? What did you do while you were making the mud pies? Did you sing? Did you listen to music? maybe a transistor radio back in the day? (laughs) And are there other areas in your life where you use your hands like this or are creative in some similar way, some tactile way? Now, this kind of thing will really get you thinking about what is missing, what might be missing in your life now. And I don't see you going back into your backyard fort and setting up a mud pie shop, but maybe you would enjoy using your hands more in some way perhaps sculpting or pottery or cake decorating or even gardening. Who knows? But this is an exercise that actually got me back into tap dancing. I tap dance, and I mentioned this in the podcast before, for just like two years when I was 12, 13 or 13, 14, and I'd pretty much forgotten about it. But when I started to poke around in my past looking for joy in different chapters of my life, It really stood out, which really surprised me. And now I'm tapping again, and it's totally fun. All right. Number four, honor your mini dreams. So what's a mini dream, you might be asking? 
Well, I call it like a brainstorming or a thought-starting dream. Not necessarily the dream that you're going to dedicate time and money to, but ideas to get you going. So get ready to do a bit more writing in your journal or start a file on your computer or your phone. It doesn't matter. Either way, try to set aside some time every day to write at least a note or just a tiny little bit about some observations, even a few minutes a day. So if you have nothing to write about, you will eventually, trust me. (laughs) At the beginning, start thinking about mini dreams by thinking hypothetical questions, something simple like the one I always like to think about is this, what would I do if I won a large sum of money? I think this is an awesome question to jumpstart dreaming. What is the first image that you have? This is really important. So try to get at the thought that snuck in before you could squish it back down. You know what I mean? That sneaky little thought that would prevent you from thinking more about it, that dream squisher. It's very common for negativity to rear its ugly head when we start to think big, when we start to dream, when we start to push ourselves a little bit. So for me, the first thing that always pops into my brain with this type of question is whale conservation. But after about two or three seconds of seeing myself in in my imaginary self on a boat identifying whale tails out in the ocean, I squished that thought right out of my brain as ridiculous. It's ridiculously impossible. How could I ever make that happen? It seems too weird and crazy. Maybe I should just donate money. In a matter of seconds, it's completely squished right out, kind of like a cigarette butt squished into the street. The concept here is to entertain the mini dream. Don't judge it. Just invite it in and let it be. So here are some questions to play with. Ask and answer these questions to trigger some insightful thinking about what you love, what you value, and what you want. What is my dream job and why? What would I do if I won the lottery? What would my dream house look like? Where would it be? What would I want to do with my time if I didn't have to work? Hmm, interesting, right? Where are three places I really want to visit someday and why? What is a regret that I have? Or... What is a regret I'm afraid of having? Which famous person would I love to have lunch with? (laughs) Please send me an email. I can't wait to hear about that for you. So for me, it's Larry David of Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld, for sure. (laughs) Okay, what talent or gift do I wish I had? Why is my best friend my best friend? What did I dream about when I was a kid? What did I think I wanted to be when I grew up and why? What do I value most about my parents? What about my favorite teacher? What about my favorite person? So those are some great questions that will really get you going into this area of mini dreams. And I just can't emphasize enough that you cannot do the squishing. All the negative stuff, negative Nelly will just pop into your brain and and tell you that this is all ridiculous. It doesn't matter. I want you to work hard to capture what pops in 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 the first place and just let it be. Okay, here we go with number three, waste less time. 
I know it's not going to take much to convince you that we all waste plenty of time in our lives. And it's not about having every minute of every day scheduled, but you can be more mindful about how you spend your time. If you think you waste time, you can make a plan and reclaim some of your valuable time and make it more intentional. Wasting time can make you feel even more busy. It's the easiest way to find some time. And for sure, you can use that. Who doesn't want more time after all, right? So here's the tip. Do a time audit. Track your time for a day or two. Write down what you do and how long it takes. Take special note of social media and Netflix, things like that, and then reflect. Ask yourself how you want to spend your time and then make a plan that supports that. For example, if you don't like how much time you're surfing and scrolling around on Instagram or Facebook, consider setting a timer and cut your playtime in half. This will free up more time for things that you want to focus on on purpose and will be an important part of finding more time to focus on the plans for your future. It will be shocking how much time you can find. You might also have an app that gives you some feedback on screen time. So if you do, then you have a sense of how much time you're on screens. And then just imagine if you cut that in half. So play with that concept and see what it can do for you. Okay, number two, think about being green with envy. Now, envy isn't one of those emotions that you're proud of having or experiencing. So let's look at the definition. Envy is a desire to have a quality, possession, or other desirable attribute belonging to someone else. So notice what you're thinking about right now. Envy can be a highly useful emotion because it can give you some insight into what you really want so you won't feel as stuck. It's a desire to have something someone else has. So think about the times you notice this happening to you. Think about when you've noticed that you've actually felt inadequate or envious because you wanted what somebody else had. It's a giant clue for you to appreciate. Envy is trying to tell you something. Notice what it is. Now, it doesn't have to be an actual possession either. It can be an experience. It can be any number of things. The important thing is to notice that you feel envy and appreciate it. See what you can learn from it. So here's how to dig a little deeper. Write down at least two or three times that you actually remember feeling envious. For me, it was when I saw somebody working in her needlepoint retail shop and I couldn't believe how fantastic it was that someone had made a business out of her hobby. My mind was blown. Now, when were you envious? Do you know why? So think about it. It may take you a little bit, but I'm sure something will come up. Was it the lifestyle that you wanted? Was it a specific job that got you intrigued? Was it that the job was flexible? Was it a relationship that somebody had? Noticing what it is for you is what this is all about. And I want you to really focus in on the specifics of what made you feel this way, because that is what will give you insight into what you really, really, really want and what really gets you excited. So ask yourself what kind of person you would have to become to have what you envied. Think about it and notice what comes up for you. And... 
Drum roll, please. The number one thing that you can do to get unstuck in midlife? Change something in your life. That's it. Start small, but make a change. Growth can be challenging. It can be scary. It can be full of discomfort. Interestingly, it's not usually something you do naturally. When you aren't hyper aware of pushing yourself forward, you stagnate. This is super common and a reason why so many in midlife are stuck in a midlife funk and stuck in the first place. The thing is that when you avoid discomfort, when you avoid feeling like this, you just don't evolve. It's the opposite of growth. So if you want to grow, you have to get more comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. Remember, discomfort and comfort are both feelings. They come from your thinking, which, as we've discussed earlier, is optional. So if discomfort is accepted as a normal part of growth and as pushing forward to be happier, it helps you do scary things. Just because you're fearful doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Just because you're afraid of feeling a little uncomfortable doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Are you up for the challenge of actually living a life without regrets? This means you need to be way more aware of what's going on in your brain to catch yourself with these thoughts and way more courageous. Living more intentionally will absolutely get you there. So here's a tip. Ask yourself, when's the last time you made an intentional change in your life? When did you start a new routine? When did you kick fear to the door and just did the thing that you wanted to do anyway? When did you take a break from just doing the same old thing every day? It doesn't really matter what it is. The important thing is that you decide that you're going to do it and then you do it. You got to shake things up. You got to take a small step. You have to commit to doing one new thing. Even if it's calling someone for their birthday instead of messaging them on Facebook or even if it's getting on the treadmill that's doing nothing in your house right now, except probably supporting some clothes that are thrown over it. (laughs) Even if it means just getting on the treadmill five minutes a day, measly minutes. Or what about brushing your teeth in the morning before you check your email? Just little ideas, but that's the point. Decide to commit to making a small change and then do it because you want to do it and keep going. Remember, this is your life. Life is short. Now that you're older, you probably understand this more than ever before. So don't just let life happen to you. Make your midlife chapter more intentional. You can live the next phase of life so much differently than you've been living so far. You don't have to keep simply going through the motions of life. You can pause to think. You can pause to connect with yourself. You can pause to dream. You can regret-proof your life. You can absolutely have more fun now than before. I believe that this is just the beginning, that younger isn't necessarily better. It's just a thought. You can actually have more fun in your 50s and beyond. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. As you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck and live your best life because there is way more fun to be had. If you want to finally focus on getting unstuck, like step on the gas already, there's no better mechanism, no better way when you know you're meant for more like this and you're wasting valuable time than to move forward with a community of women just like you. I would love to be able to help you get unstuck and create your exciting next chapter. 
I want to invite you to apply to the Women in the Middle Academy. It's a six-month coaching program where you get all the support you need to apply what you're learning here in the podcast, but more importantly, you get expert coaching, curriculum, and a community to get clear about what you want so that you don't have regrets. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Go ahead and apply. Just fill out the quick and easy application when you book your momentum call, and we'll have a quick chat. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and you'll see the episodes there. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and I'll talk to you next week. 